Well, hey guys, we're continuing in our sermon series. Uh, we titled it The Greatest Sermon Series Ever, uh, and that's because you guys aren't hearing from me. That was your guys' opportunity to say, no, we like you, Matt. Uh, but no, it's all good. Um, tonight we have uh, Pastor Jordan Smalley uh, from Resound Church in Hillsborough. Uh, he's originally from Iowa. Uh, any, anyone else from the Midwest? Anywhere? Where, where at in Iowa? Come on. Where, where at in Iowa? Where at in Cedar Rapids. Huh? Clinton? Yeah. yeah My cousin's There we go. There we go. So we got a few Midwest. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jordan's following uh, the call of God on his life. Uh, and he uh, is the kids pastor and youth pastor uh, at Resound. So guys, let's just stand to our feet uh, and let's welcome uh, Pastor Jordan Smalley tonight. from Iowa and I uh, was born and raised there, lived there for um, about 21 years until I moved out here uh, myself and um, a group of, uh, there's about seven of us that moved out here and from Iowa and uh, just we planted a church called Resound in Hillsboro. Um, a lot of people ask us why, I think for no other reason than uh, we just wanted to see God do something incredible in a city that uh, is lost. And don't know if you know or not, I'm sure you're probably aware of this, but Portland is uh, the number one unchurched city in America. And uh, we just were crazy enough to believe that God could do something incredible in this area. And I'm thankful for Matt and churches like Hillside that um, are just all about what you pray for, all about just Jesus. And, and, and I want to encourage you uh, to... Um, you know, now more than ever, I just believe this with all my heart and I'm passionate about it. I believe now more than ever we need believers and followers of Christ to uh, to rise up in boldness. And um, I think gone are the days of, of church being awkward and weird in this place where, like, you have to, like, wear a suit and tie to get into. But I think church can be a place now where people can come that are broken and hurting and lost yeah, and yeah. can find hope and love. And, um, and man, I just want to encourage you in that. Um, you know, you have something inside of you that the world needs. Mm-hmm. Right. Something right. inside of you that this community needs. There's something inside of you that your workplace needs. That wherever God's placed you at today, you have something in you that the people around you need. And God help us if we're quiet. And we just sit and chill and, and think that where God's placed us at is just for no reason. It's for ordinary. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you tonight that nothing God does is ordinary. Nothing right. God That's does right. is ordinary. Right. God always has a plan and a purpose. And you might think tonight, I'm not I don't I don't I'm not good enough. I don't have the gifting. I don't have I can't speak well. I don't know enough about the Bible. I've been following Jesus for too long. Forget all that. That's right. God can use last time I checked in the Bible, God used a lot of messed up awkward, weird, crazy party animals just to turn the world upside down. So if you're here tonight and you're like, man, I don't feel like I fit in well, I don't feel like I know this whole Jesus thing well, or I feel a little bit awkward, I feel a little bit weird, it's all good, all right? And and God wants to use you in a powerful way. And I just want to encourage you, don't allow the enemy to 
shut your mouth. Don't allow the enemy to right. dictate what you do and where you go and hinder you from doing the things that God has for you because you're not on planet Earth just to suck air and hang out and chill right. until Jesus comes right. back. We're here for a purpose and for a reason, and now is the time <coughs> for us as young adults, the next generation, to rise up right. and, and, and take some ownership and say, we're going to do this thing, and I don't care if I look dumb, and I don't care if I have to step out of the box a little bit and, and do something that's a little uncomfortable. Because I think God uses people to just say, hey, Jesus, I don't have much, but here's what I got. Use this. And God yeah. takes it and he does incredible things with it. You know, I, uh, just a little bit of my background, I'm, I'm, like I said, from Iowa, and um, I've been doing this church thing my whole life. And matter of fact, I've been um, a follower of Jesus now for um, maybe like a solid six years. Uh, grew up kind of in and out of church. My parents were in church a lot. Um, they never, which is cool, never really stuffed church at me, and so they were always kind of uh, just praying for me and encouraging me to be a part of church. But then I had this encounter with Jesus one morning after a weekend of chaos and partying and doing things that I regretted and came to church, and Jesus met me, and I encountered him, and my life was changed forever. Yeah. And I'm not a professional. I, I just believe that God can use somebody that has a past and and God can use them to do something great. And uh, I just think, man, we, we moved out here from Iowa just for no other reason than, man, we just wanted to see Jesus reach a community. We wanted to see Jesus move in a powerful way. And um, I just believe that, man, if you give God a little, he takes it and uses it for a whole lot more than we ever could. And so uh, be bold and, and use and find out and figure out what God's given you and where he's placed you and be aware of that and around the people that he's placed you around. and. God's going to do great things in your life. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Hey, I'm going to, uh, we're going to jump into the Word here really quick. And uh, traffic was awesome coming here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think I came tonight, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm sure this is Matt's heartbeat. I know this is, uh, you know, what he uh, preaches about on um, on Tuesday nights, but man, I, I just I, I didn't come here to just do a service and and and, and share some speech with you. Um, I didn't fight traffic for an hour and almost get road rage on the, <laughs> on the interstate, but um, uh, to come all the way here and just give a speech. My prayer tonight is uh, truly that uh, God does something in your life. Right. My prayer tonight is that. God speaks to you and that we leave changed. And uh, God is always wanting to take us deeper. He's always wanting to show us more of who he is. He's always wanting to impart and stretch and grow us and build into us. And uh, just so tonight, I, I just pray that you leave tonight um, just with something that you didn't come in here with. And that right. you walk out of here Good. tonight just with, with Jesus just dropped maybe a word or shifted something in your spirit. And just pray that God does something incredible tonight in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Awesome. James chapter three, James chapter three. This has been, um, kind of what I want to talk about tonight has kind of been, um, uh, just something that's been huge for me in my life. And I constantly have to remind myself of this and, and, and re-remind myself. And I need people around me that notice, uh, this particular thing in my life. And, and I believe, uh, tonight, if we can get uh, truly how important this is, I think it will change a lot of who we are, how we interact with each mm -hmm. other, 
Um, and, and I just believe that, that this is huge. James chapter 3, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read just a little bit and uh, share a few quick thoughts and then uh, we'll pray. And uh, it'll be awesome. James chapter 3, verse 1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we you teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits of when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's encouraging. <laughs> All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I want to talk tonight. Um, obviously, a lot of what James hits on here is the power of the tongue, the power of our words. And I'm going to pray real quick and, and, uh, and then we're going to jump in. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. God, thank you for every person here. Yeah. And I pray right now, Jesus, that God, you would begin even now, God, just to prepare our hearts. God, God, open our hearts. God, that where we've allowed distraction and busyness and maybe our day, maybe even right now, we just can't shut off the the uh, circumstance that happened today or a frustration that we're going through or a challenge that we're up against. God, I pray that tonight, Jesus, that you would just open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. God, to hear from you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would um, just impart into us tonight, Jesus, and speak to us. God, may we leave this place tonight changed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, the summer before we left, well, about two summers before we left Iowa, um, our pastors are uh, uh, from Sydney, Australia. My pastors, and they were um, they were used to be adult pastors in the church that I grew up in. My mom, my parents grew up in. I kind of grew up in out of out of Cedar Rapids, and uh, they moved to Sydney. They moved from Sydney, Australia, to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Don't know how, <laughs> but uh, it happened. Um, you know, God does miracles, um, and so they ended up there. And uh, um, and so I met Luke, who's our lead pastor now. It was down, like, literally the Sunday I got saved, gave my life to the Lord. He was out in the lobby, connected with him. He's like, hey, let's go out to Applebee's, let's hang out. And uh, so we went to Applebee's because that's the greatest Amen. anything in Iowa, probably has. Other than Chick-fil-A. You guys don't have, have Chick-fil-A here, do you? Not anymore. Uh, you guys don't know what you're missing. I heard there's one coming to Hillsborough. There's supposed to be. I've been praying for one. <laughs> but, um... Chick-fil-A's the bomb. It's like, I'm serious. It's like, it's like a party in your mouth. It's incredible. But um, uh, anyways, uh, so so they were there. Anyway, so I became great friends with them. And one summer, um, they called me up 
And uh, I was surprised by the question that Luke asked me. He said, do you want to, and you'll, I'll tell you here in a second why I'm surprised. He said, do you want to go uh, to a concert in the park with us um, tonight? We're going to hang out, listen to some live music. Now, the concert in the park was fantastic, but the reason why I was surprised that he asked me is he said what kind of music it was. He said, we're going to go sit and listen to country music. How many country music fans? Oh, I don't know what say. God made country music. It's in the Bible. He loves it. So if you don't like country music, we'll, we'll pray for you after. But so he said, do you want do you want to go to this concert in the park? We're gonna hang out and uh, we're gonna listen to some country music. And so I was shocked and I was like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yes, we'll go, we'll hang out. It's nice out, it was summer, summers in Iowa are beautiful. And so we went, we hung out at this park and listened to country music. And of course I'm sitting there and they don't know like any of the songs. And so I'm kind of singing along to every song. And then before I know it, um, this song comes on that I grew up listening to. My, I had no choice, uh, I had no option not to like country music. My dad and I traveled a lot together. Uh, when I was growing up, I played lots of sports, and, and so we were always traveling on weekends and different tournaments. And, um, and so uh, uh, this song came on, and some of you might know it, and I don't listen to this song anymore because I'm saved and I'm holy. And, but uh, it's, it's Friends in Low Places, and I uh, don't know if you know that song, but it's one of my all-time favorites. So when that jam came on, I, I started singing it. I was pumped. I was like, they were like, you know this song? I was like, absolutely. No word. So I'm singing word for word. Next thing I know, the guy on stage, there's probably like three, four hundred people just chilling along. There's a stage up front, we're kind of towards the back. And uh, the next thing I know, this guy, he stops the music, he's singing, uh, he's kind of leading the band, everything. He stops the music and uh, he says, we need somebody to help us sing this next part. And um, so, uh, so he's like, you know, kind of getting ready, you know, we need somebody to sing this next part. And the music's kind of quiet down a little bit. And, and uh, I'm like, man, I know this song. I know the part that we want to sing. And before I know it, before I can say anything, Luke is standing over top of me, like pointing at me like, this guy right here knows the song, knows the rest of the song. And so before I know it, there's this guy comes off stage, this giant spotlight is on me now. And this dude has the microphone in front of me and I sang Friends in Low Places, Friends I Cannot Sing. And so I'm sure every person in that part was like, Lord Jesus, help us. <laughs> but, uh, but I sang it, and I was pumped, and I was proud, and it was awesome. But what was interesting to me uh, about this, and, and just in context of thinking about James chapter 3, um, I think what James is talking about so connects to this because it's crazy to me, and maybe some of you can relate to this and you've been in a situation like this, it's crazy to me how the very spoken word can absolutely change a situation. It's crazy to me how 300 eyes that were focused up on this stage now in a moment of somebody who I thought was my friend at the time got up over top of me and said, this guy knows it. Before I know it, this whole concert circumstance, whole deal shifts and now all eyes are on me, lights are on me, and microphones in front of my face, I'm singing, and I'm like, just into it, whatever, so I went with it, and I sang. It's crazy to me how the very word, like if you went out on this street, if you went out on like a busy intersection, you went to Washington Square Mall, or some mall, whatever, around here, Clackamas, right, 
I'm trying to still get familiar with it. If you went there, literally, check this out. I know this. You guys might think I'm, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but if you went there in a mall of hundred people, hundreds of people, and you started yelling, people are going to start looking, right? Okay. And so it's crazy to me how the very spoken word can literally set things and change circumstances and 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 do things that we think, man, that that's crazy. I believe this tonight. I believe that your words, the very spoken word, the things that come out of your mouth, and you might give me a minute just to explain, but the very spoken word, the things that come out of your mouth have the ability in your life to set things in motion, have the ability to set things in motion. If you don't believe me, how many of you guys growing up heard this phrase from your mom and dad, one more word out of your mouth, and you're going to. And some of you guys might have been spanked. You might be against it. I was spanked as a child. And so um, if you uh, if you weren't, um, praise God, you were protected. I was spanked. And to be honest with you, my kids will probably be spanked. And so, um, you know, it's just, you know what I'm talking about. But anyways, we won't get into that. But... But the very spoken word can literally <laughs> set things into motion. You know that crazy phrase when we were growing up? A lot of you guys probably heard this, this stupid phrase that I thought at the time was true, was the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. Right. How many of you guys know now, growing up, that that is the stupidest thing <laughs> I have ever heard, okay? Because we always said, anytime some old punk kid came up, all of us were like, sticks and stones break my bones, words will never hurt me. But at the end of the day, they did. Right. And and we can all laugh and think it's hilarious, but some of you sitting here tonight are products and maybe even maybe even hindered and held back in life by words that you've had spoken over you. Yeah. Maybe somebody when you were growing up, when you might have not have thought it was a big deal at the time, maybe told you you're no good, you'll never amount to nothing, you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're no good at this, you may as well just stop doing this. Maybe you're a product of, of, of words that have been spoken over you. Nations go to war over the very spoken word. Yeah. Marriages end yeah. in divorce because one person is abusive in their language. Lots of things get started. People's destinies, people's destinies are robbed because of words spoken over them. I don't know tonight if maybe you've ever had somebody tell you that, man, you'll never amount to nothing. Or maybe tonight you're hearing voices that are not the voice of God that are maybe telling you, you can't do this and you'll never be good and you're not talented at this and you can't do that. Can I tell you something right now? That is a lie from the pit of hell. That's right, that's right. Any word that's right. that somebody's spoken over you that is garbage like that is not from God. Come on. But it's crazy to me how words that you speak can change circumstances here's the deal you have the ability just in your mouth to ignite purpose and mm. in life into somebody you have the very ability to ignite purpose in life your world check this out your world is created by the words that you speak your world is created by the words that you speak. The Bible says in Genesis that God spoke the world into being. Can I tell you something? 
if you have a gossip mouth, and I know I'm gonna get maybe just press little buttons here, but if you have a, 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 a lifestyle, a language that's full of gossip, you're gonna constantly live in a lifestyle and, and gossip's constantly gonna surround you. Yeah. If you have a language of negativity and doubt and fear, and, and, and I'm not saying that I bat a thousand in this area because I don't, but if you have these, this abusive negative language that you're constantly speaking, that's the world that you're gonna create around you. I believe that if you talk about something long enough, sooner or later, you're gonna see it happen. Yeah. If you talk about something long enough, sooner or later, you'll see it happen. Tonight, um, I wanted to just come talk, and I think I, I just believe so much in, in how words and, and language and things that we say can affect our lifestyle, can affect people around us. And so tonight, um, I didn't just wanna come like, uh, you know, share a, 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 like I said, a cute speech or whatever, but tonight, I just really want to get, I want to get kind of practical. I want to talk about some things that can help you. And again, I'm not up here saying I bat a thousand in this area and I figured it out because I haven't. And, and I still, this is an area of my life where God constantly brings me back to. Because if, if the power of the tongue is so important, and I believe it is, James would not have taken a whole, the majority of a whole chapter to talk about the power of our words. Right. The power of our words are so important. I want to talk just practically just some things that we can do to create, to help us create just a lifestyle of healthy language in our lives. So if you have like a pen and a paper or like your iPhone or whatever you have, just jot some of these notes down and, um, and, and I pray that uh, it encourages you. Luke chapter six and verse 43, Verse, verse 45. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it out. It says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Listen to this. <coughs> a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks. This is huge. The mouth speaks with the heart is full of. Huh. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I'm in youth ministry. That means I get to hang out with middle and high school students all day. So after this, can you guys lay hands on me and pray for me? Because I love middle school students like 90% of the time. And then I just, and I just lose my patience. And um, we did this thing. I don't know if you ever did these growing up. And I don't know why we still do them in, in church. And, but for some reason, kids love them. Leaders hate them. And they're uh, they're all nighters. They're lock ins. Yeah. How many of you guys have ever been into a lock in before? Oh my gosh! Every time in our youth leaders meeting, like I literally, I'm not even joking. I wouldn't do lock ins, but because of the fruit and how many kids come to it, and how many kids that night give their life to Jesus. It, at the end of the day, when we're all when it's all said and done, it's absolutely worth it. We see kids that are super on church, never set foot in church before, get on fire for God, and 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 so it's 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 worth it. But just it's I, I have to go into it just prayed up, just ready to roll, otherwise it's it's not gonna be good. And so the first lock-in that we ever did, um, we did it at uh, this ministry center that we were in um, before we got into the building that we're in now. Um, we were in this ministry center and it was tiny and and we just wanted to do a lock-in. Our kids were like, we totally wanna do this, and so I talked to our leaders, they were like, Can we pull this off? 
So we ended up pulling this lock-in off, and I, we had no clue how many kids were gonna show up. At the time, we had like 15 kids coming, maybe. And, and so we just like told our 15 kids, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it big. So we gave them like flyers, everything to take to the school, they blitzed it. So we're in like this, I mean, it was, you know, it was tiny. Like the room that we were hanging out in was probably about the size of this room, or a little bit, or a little bit smaller. And there was like a hallway that went down, and there was like another little open area. And um, we were, uh, and, and I had no idea who was gonna show up to this or how many kids were, but we had like 50 kids show up. <laughs> and so this place is packed, like it's hot, and it's middle school students, and I don't even have to tell you anymore, but it was hot, and, and, and it was nasty. But, and so we're like hanging out, night's going good, and as the night goes on, I'm not a night person. I like to be in bed at a decent hour. I don't like staying up late. How many people are early birds, okay? I like to, that's in the morning. How many yeah, people are? Early to bed. Early to bed. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty early to bed. And so I, I, I like staying up past midnight. Like I'm not a Christian after midnight. Like <laughs> loving Jesus just shuts off after midnight. And so we're hanging out with these kids and, and it's like three o'clock in the morning and I'm just exhausted and tired and like ready to just be done and go home. And one of our kids who now, I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to think I'm a horrible pastor, but this, this kid's one of our leaders now. He's going to come ever since. He's a great kid. But he's, like, jacked on Red Bull. And, like, just he's, like, just had, like, ten Red Bulls. And so he's just flying through the roof. It's three in the morning. I'm tired. I just want to, like, leave me alone. Like, just go hang out. Do what you want to do. So he comes up, and, like, I'm just, I'm exhausted at this point. Like, I'm just so ready. There's been so much planning that's gone into this thing. We're, like, hours away from parents coming. And he comes up to me, and for whatever reason, like, just starts, he just starts messing with me, man. You know what I'm talking Like, just starts getting in my face, and he's, like, just all hyper and wound up and everything. And I wasn't thinking at the time, because it was 3 o'clock in the morning. And so I grabbed him by his shirt like this, and I pulled him close to my face, and I said, Christopher, get out of my face! And I shoved it. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, he still he still comes back. He still comes back. He's all good. He's one of our youth leaders. He's a good kid. But I was literally at that point in time, I was so exhausted and tired, and I was frustrated, and 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 all these kids were bugging me, they were, whatever. And so I wasn't at my best at three o'clock in the morning, whatever. And so, but I, I realized I realized something through that. I realized something in that. I've learned that that what's in here. What's in your heart, what's stored up in here, over time will eventually come out of your mouth. What's stored up in here will eventually go from here to in here, and you'll begin to speak it out. If you have negativity and bitterness and gossip stored up in your heart, that's what you're going to begin to speak. And I'm here to tell you tonight, before you can control, and you might think I'm crazy, but before you can control what comes out of here, you have to first control what you allow in here. That's right. You have That's to right. allow what That's you right. have to be careful of what you allow in your heart. Yeah. Be careful of what you allow to fester in here. You know, um, Proverbs four twenty three says this: says above all else. That seems like a pretty important verse right. to me. Above all else, above everything else you do in life, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Here's the deal. A toxic heart that's full of negativity and frustration and bitterness and 
anger, a heart that's full of all that stuff won't just affect you. It'll affect you. But it won't just affect you. It'll affect other people around you. It'll affect the people that you work with. If you're married, it'll affect your marriage. If you're in a relationship, it'll affect that relationship. If, if, if whatever the case, it'll affect your family. Whatever you have stored up in here won't just affect you because Proverbs says everything that you do in life flows out of your heart. Right. Right. So if you don't have a heart that is guarded and protected and full of the right stuff, it will begin to affect every area in your life. Three quick things I want to I want to give you just real quick, and I realize these are super practical, but I pray that like they've helped me, I pray that they help you. The first one is is this. My my our lead pastor now that I was talking about Luke, um, he graduated from Hillsong Bible College in Sydney. And um, his pastor there was Brian Houston, who probably a lot of you know. But he, he tells me this story, and, and I remember it because he's told me tons of times. But he said this. He said, um, and, and when, they, when it came time to graduate from Bible college, um, Brian Houston at the ceremony stood up. And like one of the questions was, what would you, what is some of the greatest advice that you could give to somebody that's about to go into ministry. Now, this isn't just for people that are in ministry or planning to go into ministry. This is for all of us. This is for everybody, all of us included. But this is just kind of the context. The question was, what would you do? What What is the greatest advice you could give someone that's going to go into ministry? So we'll just use wherever you're at tonight. Maybe it's workplace, college, wherever. But what's the greatest advice that you could give to somebody that's about to step foot in, into ministry? And he said this, and this is like super simple but it, it, it's totally something that I constantly have to keep reminding myself in every situation and every season he said this he said keep a sweet spirit hmm. keep yeah. a sweet spirit keep a sweet spirit in everything you do in life listen there is so much in life and you're here tonight and I'm sure this is you but there is so much in life to get frustrated to get angry about. There are people around us that aren't doing the things that we feel like they should be doing. There are things in our life, and, and if this isn't you tonight, then you can whatever for a minute. But a lot of us right now tonight are, are maybe have different things in our life that we could allow to frustrate us, to make us angry, to get us bitter, to, to whatever. But I just want to encourage you in this, in the midst of a season that might allow for a lot of frustration, a lot of bitter, and a lot of, and you might have every reason for it. Learn in that season to keep a sweet spirit. Learn in that season not to allow the season to affect your heart. Learn to not allow bitterness and frustration and these different things to take root in your heart. Number two, create a healthy devotional and prayer life. Yeah, that's good. Create a healthy devotional and prayer life. Now I don't know I don't know what this looks like for you, and I realize some of you might be here and tonight, and some of you might have been might be following Jesus for you know you might have been following Jesus for the last twenty years or whatever your whole life, or maybe you've only been following Jesus now for a few weeks or whatever. But I want to encourage you in this: create in your life a healthy devotional and prayer life. What does that look like? Does that look like um, you know spending three and a half hours in prayer and then spending three and a half hours in work? Maybe that's for you. It's not for me. And if it is for you, awesome. But the key is figuring out, okay, in my rhythm of life, and my whatever, and wherever God has you today, figuring out where in my life can I make this fit? 
And I don't know whether for you it's an hour, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe it's before you get up in the morning, maybe it's before you go to bed at night, maybe it's on your lunch break, but I've realized that what I allow in my mind affects what comes out of my mouth. So guess what, check this out. I realize, I know when I haven't spent enough time in the Word, like when I haven't spent enough time just with Jesus, just alone, and I'm not talking, it's not like this spiritual moment where like, Jesus just hovers over me and there's this pixie dust. I'm not talking like, I don't want to, I'm trying to stay away from getting like super spiritual in this because it really, it's not. It's just solitude. It's just getting alone with Jesus. It's just allowing him to pour into you because I'll tell you, I, in the mornings, and this is why I have to do my devos in the mornings. In the mornings, I just, I'm not a, like I need coffee and just my time to chill. Otherwise, I'm just, I'm not in my right mind. So whatever that is for you, and I have people in my life that recognize this, and they go, hey, you acting a little frustrated, or you look like something's up, or you look a little like something's wrong, you need some time. And then that's that reminder for me that, oh yeah, I need, I haven't paused for like a few days and just got with Jesus and read his word and allowed it to pour into me. Because I'll tell you, my day changes drastically. If I've allowed the first few minutes of my day, or whenever in the day it is, for my head to just be filled with this. Because when I just allow this to pour into me, it affects how I talk, it affects how I think, it affects every area of my life. It's huge. Begin in your life to create a healthy devotional prayer life. Check this out. The Messiah, Jesus, who came, even took time out of his, and he was, I think we'd all agree that he was a little busy, right? He kind of had some things he had to get to. But I forget where it's at. It's not in my notes, like Mark chapter 4, some of that. It says that Jesus withdrew himself from the crowd, and he just got by himself and allowed his time just to hang out and get with right. the Father, allow him to pour into him and give him. And we need that. Right. I don't know about you, but I, I get this word, and, and it's called, uh, maybe some of you guys get this too, but I get hangry. You may be hangry. Yeah. Like, that's a legit emotion. Like, yeah, if I don't have food, sure. I start getting frustrated. I start getting a little, like, snappy and let's roll. I think that's how our soul gets when we don't allow Jesus to fill us with the bread of life and allow ourselves to feed on his word and for him to pour into us. It affects me. It affects my attitude and everything. Create a healthy devotional prayer life. Number three, be careful who you surround yourself with. Be careful who you spend time with. I've learned this in life, that proximity equals imitation. Who you hang around is going to affect your life. Who you hang out with is going to affect your life. And if you think right now, no, well, I'm just hanging out with them, it's no big deal. It might not be that big of a deal now, but the people that you're surrounding yourself in, and the greatest advice that I ever heard was if you show me your five friends, I can show you your future. Right. Yep. If you show me the people that you surround yourself with, I can show you where your life is headed. Be careful who you spend time around. I'll tell you this. I, 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 one thing I can't stand, and, and I, I hope that you try your best to eliminate. I, I, I can't stand hanging around negative Nancy's. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, like the people that you hang out with that are just negative all the time. That are just always like, this is what's wrong with this, and this is what's wrong with this, and this isn't going right, and this person's doing this. And, this, and then after you get done hanging out with them, it's like they just puked on you. Right. Right? right. And you're just like tired. You're like, oh my gosh, I feel like a horrible person because they just unloaded their you know, whole week of just bitterness on me. 
be careful. I'm not saying like don't hang out with those people and don't help, don't encourage them and help them and, and, and encourage them as well. But just be careful of, of who you're surrounding yourself with. Surround yourself with people of faith. Mm. Surround yourself with people that don't always focus on what's wrong, but choose to focus on what's right. Mm. Surround yourself with people of faith, that have a language of faith, to say, you know what? Things might be one way, but you know what? We serve a big God. He's yeah. good. He's in control. We're going to be all right. Mm. Insert that into your dialogue. Good. Be careful of who you spend time around. In Numbers 13, you don't have to turn there, but in Numbers 13, God tells Moses to send a crew of people in, um, into, the, into the land that they were about to take, and uh, Moses tells them to find out, to go basically explore the land, find out what this land's like, is it good, is it bad, is the trees good, is the fruit, is there all this different stuff. Long story short, this crew of people go, and they, they go in, and and they check out the land, and they come back, and they tell Moses exactly, exactly how you said it was. It's all these great things, and it's incredible, and we should take the land right now. But the Bible says in Numbers that a few people, a couple people spoke up. A few people spoke up, and it said fear swept throughout the entire camp. Fear swept throughout the entire camp. You know, I um, when I was younger, uh, there was this incident, and I lived down the street from these woods, and we always used to, when we were younger, we used to take these uh, bikes down there, and there's like bike ramps and jumps and all kinds of stuff, and um, we were, I was down there with our next door neighbor one afternoon, and um, he went over the jump and flipped and fell off his bike, and all I could hear, I was a ways away, but he was just screaming, my, my fingers cut off, my fingers cut off, and so I get over there, and there's like blood all over the place, and so I'm freaking out, and and so like, I, I run back to, we're right down the street, and his grandma and grandpa live right next door. And so I run back there, and this is probably a stupid thing to do, but I like stormed in the front door, and these people are like 70 years old. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, kid's name's Kyle, and the first thing I yell is, Kyle, cut his finger off. And so poor grandma is chilling in the rocking chair, you know, and she like about has a heart attack, jumps up, yells for her husband to come, and you know, uh, you know, tells them what happened. They're running around the house. Kyle cut his finger off. Kyle cut his finger off. And there's this huge frantic. Everybody's screaming and freaking out and running. And you know, I yeah, it was kind of crazy. And we get down there, and apparently it was just a little small cut, but it was a lot of blood. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> but but what I noticed, what I noticed that what I noticed that day, and what I think they realized here in numbers in this story is that fear can be contagious. Fear can be contagious. I mean, when something comes on the news, it just sweeps. It sweeps the nation. Everybody hears about it. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's worried. We got to start doing this now. We got to stop doing this. Fear is contagious. I think just as much as fear is contagious, I truly believe that faith is contagious. I believe that faith is contagious. That when you face a challenge in life, and I want to ask you this as we wind down. When you face a challenge in life right now, I want you to ask yourself. You don't have to answer out loud. You can write it down, whatever. But when you face a challenge in life, what, what are you communicating? What kind of language right now are you communicating to the situation that you're facing? None of us in this room are exempt from challenges in life. None of us in this room can go, wow, life's pretty roses right now, and I'm pretty good. That's, if that's you, good. Take your angel wings and fly out of here. Right? The rest of us who are dealing with a little bit of life, and going through some stuff, 
we're all faced with challenges. We are not exempt from the challenges and the frustrations and the worries and the things in life, but I'm here to tell you this. We might not be able to control our circumstance. You might not be able to control the thing that's happening to you right now. Maybe you're like, I have no, I, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to lose my job. I didn't ask for my parents to get divorced when I was there. I didn't ask for this to go wrong in my life. I didn't ask to wreck my car. I didn't ask to be out of money right now. I didn't ask for these things in my life. And you might be sitting here tonight going, man, I didn't ask for any of this, but can I tell you something? You might not be able to control the situation you're in, but you can control your language about that That's situation. That's good. That's good. So you might be going through a challenge right now, but what are you doing about that challenge? Are you speaking in faith? And, and you might be sitting here tonight going, well, it's reality. It's the, you know what our job is as believers? Our job as followers of Jesus is not to be the scientist that breaks down an analysis of the, of the situation that we're going through. Our job as believers is to communicate faith that God is able, that he's more than enough, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that we're going to be all right. God's going to get us through this. That's right. Must be people. I'll tell you, nothing great ever got accomplished in life by people hanging around and being negative. That's right. Right? Nothing That's right. great, like nothing ever gets accomplished. No big thing has ever been done in this world. Nobody's ever changed the world by sitting around and being negative. That's right. Everybody that's done something great in life has always had a language of faith, saying, you know what, this might be this way, but I know the God that we serve. So I don't know where you're at right now tonight in life. I don't know what challenges you're up against. But I want to encourage you, be careful. Be careful about the language, the things that you're speaking, the things that are coming out of your mouth, the things that you're saying about this situation. Because you can inspire people. I'll tell you this, I know this just in, just from a context ministry, I'm sure Matt does, and you know, whoever else is in Bible college and wanting to go into ministry. I'll tell you this, there, there is more than enough opportunity to be negative. More than enough opportunity to be negative. It takes a few people full of faith to say, you know what, I'm not going to go down that road. Right. I'm going to keep a language of faith. I'm going to keep a language that God is able in Jesus' name. I'm going to close. So if you want to, if someone wants to come up, maybe hop on the guitar. Are we going to close in worship? Work for you both. Whatever you want to do, man. Just do your thing. Isaiah 52 7 says this. Real quick and then I'm done. Isaiah 52 7 says this. Says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. Having a healthy language or creating a lifestyle of just a healthy language, choose in your world with the people that you're, you surround yourself with to be a bearer of good news. Yeah. Be a bearer of good news. We got a lot of people that love to be bearers of bad news. Have you ever hung around those people that are like, oh, I hate to, hate to be the honest one. I, yeah, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Well, don't be that. Like, don't be the bearer of bad news. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We have so many critics. We have so many people in, in, in our culture and society today that love to criticize, that love to always point out what's wrong and this is why society is going to hell in a handbag and this is why this is wrong. And We need more people, and it needs to be us. It's got to start with us. We need more people that champion, that encourage, that speak light, that speak hope in the darkness that choose to encourage and say despite what's going on in our world and our society, God's able. 
then maybe in your relationships, man, we have, I don't know about you, but I refuse to hang out with people. I refuse to allow people to dump on me terrible stuff about other people because it starts to affect me and rub me the wrong way. And then I'm kind of start thinking, I just refuse to listen to it. Refuse to, to, to allow somebody to, to speak negativity to you and affect who God's made you to be in your spirit. Good. You want to talk about other people. Be a bearer of good news, man. It's good. That we're it's good. all on a journey it's together. Good. That God's all got good things for us. That we're going to be okay. That, man, my life might not be going that great. They might have some mistakes and some things that they've done. But so have I. We're in this together. Right. Let's have a language of good news, of life and encouragement. Man, let's let's spur one another on to love and good deeds. Yeah. Let's not hinder and hold people back by negativity and garbage. Let's speak life. It's good. But I think it all starts. It all starts with our heart. It all starts with Proverbs says. Now those negative words maybe that were spoken to us, God, I pray that you would 
uproot those things from our heart. God, I pray yeah. that you would plant in our hearts, Jesus, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. Thank you, God. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to every person in here, that you would remind them, God, that you're for them and you love them and that nothing right. they've done in the past could ever change your love Praise for them. Praise you, God. Just pray tonight, God, that you would do a work in our hearts. God, come, my, myself included, God, that you would come and do a work in our hearts. Praise you, Jesus. God, that we wouldn't just leave this place tonight. Praise here, God. God. But I pray that as we go about our week tomorrow and this weekend, and God, pray that truly this is a process. God, that you would begin even now, just begin to create just a hunger and a desire to get in your word, to get in your presence, to spend time with you, to allow you to pour into us. God, renew us tonight. Renew our faith. Renew our confidence. Yeah. Renew our joy. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for tonight. In Jesus' name.